0: Welcome back. It's our Thanksgiving episode of the show. We're at 99 episodes of the Twin Geek Cast, the, the video game. or We're not a video game show. What are we? We do uh, we, animation? We do
1: mo- movies. Um, a couple of times we'll do maybe a television series, if that strikes us. And uh, breakfast, if we're really
0: feeling it. Welcome back to the breakfast podcast. We're doing Thanksgiving foods today. Um, you bring Absolutely. your cranberries?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm actually not a big fan of cranberries. Uh Thanksgiving's an interesting one for me because like all I really need is like a good chunk of turkey, some mashed potatoes, and then we make uh like corn pudding here. And maybe we'll have a slice of pie. But but that's really all I'll need.
0: Welcome back to the podcast that puts the stuff <laughs> in your stuffing.
1: I I see that you've uh shifted your holiday concerns this week. Uh you want to save, I guess, all your Christmas stuff for for next time is that what's going on
0: there's a real shark nato coming next time if if you could say that um there's some real shark exploitation coming in a couple weeks or be excited for the holiday return but uh this week we're having thanksgiving it will have already been thanksgiving so we're recording early some outdated content
1: yeah uh we're getting our thanksgiving in a little early here but uh how How is this Thanksgiving looking for you, Calvin? I know it's going to be a bit of a, a weird one this year. Uh, I guess, disclaimer up front, uh, well, I guess this warning doesn't matter to people who are listening to it after the fact, but uh, don't go to giant Thanksgivings this year, people. I know you've already done it by the time you're listening to this, but just don't. Go back and prevent yourselves from doing it.
0: I appreciated the uh text that Pavla sent us to the grandma. Uh, they were saying, But but aren't we going to have your uh cranberry sauce? And she's like, You can have it at my funeral. That, yeah that was very, very harsh and good.
1: That's that's basically the the sentiment here. Uh I I know my my mom said she's going to come just like just her okay. to come see me, which, you know, is it's a little rule breaky, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I think she's been She's been doing good. And stuff, we all have circles. <laughs> and,
0: you know, we, have, we all have these like social circles we believe we're in. And then the ones that other people are in. And if they're, you know, distanced already, it's fine to combine well, them. Sometimes
1: I, I've talked about it with people before because it's a, it's a hard thing to kind of reconcile because, uh, you know, it, it's important really to follow these rules and they have to be this strict. But at the same time, for your own mental well-being, there has to be a little bit of of give like and like hmm. if everyone followed these rules properly uh well maybe we wouldn't be here this long in but um like you would have had to not see family for the, like the entire year or anybody really for that matter which is
0: uh, a little difficult socially you can't um, socially you need to be able to see someone
1: for um, your well-being as a person you you can't do that <laughs>
0: so don't but, spend thanksgiving alone but avoid the vulnerable groups in your life that, and
1: and if you are seeing anyone make sure you're still like being socially distant and washing your hands frequently and, yeah. and such and no making out with your relatives uh this holiday while the football game is on
0: no relative fucking as we <laughs> <always say. laughs> just this week though um uh, <laughs> you could go back to grandma next week uh
1: yeah are you guys uh doing such anything? a
0: wholesome show we do yeah. here? Don't stuff grandma's turkey this week
1: <laughs> God. Uh, no, throw me in the oven while you're at it
0: you know uh <laughs> we're we're going to the cabin we're we're doing something small um we have yeah you know we have a family appointment and see you know a little bit of stressful thing going on, so uh it'll be good for us to recoup a little bit and Uh, Just take a few days. Uh, I've sold half the apartment, so I can afford to take a vacation.
1: Yes, you've been. Every
0: video game here. um, All the walls are bare except this one.
1: Yeah, I don't even remember that wall specifically, but I mean, I'm pretty sure if I'm imagining your apartment right, it's been a long time since I've been there, but you're sitting on your couch in the living room.
0: It's uh, not even a couch. I'm just pretending like I have a couch now. I sold that off on. Oh, man,
1: that's some serious squat power you got there going on. (laughs) Building my
0: abs, I thought it would be better off if we all just built our abs. uh, I only have this painting of this woman who I don't know about. I I found her at a, a thrift shop. (laughs) <laughs> um, you can see she's holding an apple she looks a little bit dramatic. it looks like i know i know you're gonna hate
1: me saying this but it looks sort of like the female counterpoint to the boy with apple painting from grand That's budapest true. hotel she's holding the the green apple there it's probably worth way more than all those video games you sold for 50 cents a piece
0: manoleta by uh yeah, is 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 our credit here for this artist so you can look that up and enjoy this with us um this is a uh, this is an immersive podcast we like to invite our guests to enjoy along with us the stories we're telling um i, I sold all the video games uh, i just have my switch my loyal switch now um all i need
1: yeah it's it's portable it makes sense you want to be able to to get up at a moment's notice uh and here i am acquiring more stuff in, in the background of my shot you can see this stuff new, has been added this new television uh yes. there was a television here before but this is a different one
0: uh it's a nicer television
1: My, my fiance's parents got an even bigger television and they're like, Hey, do you guys want this television? And we're like, okay, I
0: guess. (laughs) So televisions go, everyone uh, upgrades and then you get nicer ones. Um,
1: If anyone needs a slightly older, but still very functional and nice television, I have one sitting in a closet right now. Uh, I don't have space for a third television in this apartment, unfortunately. So uh, hit me up on Twitter. If you need a new television, I'll give you a good price.
0: Welcome to the Twin Geek Swap Meet. Next week, we're swapping grandmas. (laughs) So video games, I've been playing Fuser, which is like a DJ game, and you can mix in everything. So I'm putting like Old Town Road and layering it with like pop songs and, uh, you know, um, The Message, all the classic rap songs. uh, It's a good ass time. So I still have some video games, and I highly recommend Fuser because this is a video game podcast where we swap grandmas. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is kind of uh everything with the kitchen sink podcast now at this point. That's you know, I, I do have to say I'm I'm a little nostalgic coming up on ninety-nine episodes now, and it's nice to see our trajectory here. We're very rigid in the beginning to, <laughs> to a point where uh I to would <laughs> I, I would prefer to like delete most episodes prior to <laughs> Let's say 90. Let's say yeah. 90. Let's, <laughs> the first say, 90 think, episodes were...
0: <laughs> there's some surprises around 30, I think. I think around 30 is when we start locking into something. But A couple.
1: Uh, we're still doing the, the box office at that point, though. It's um, good, though.
0: There are some funny box offices. Um, I, oh, yeah, I went yeah. back and I've preserved, by the way, our podcast. I've got it all saved. So uh, There's a lot of trends going around with like copyright strikes, and we don't give a fuck, so it's good for us to protect our stuff.
1: I I mean, I've been saving my stuff since the first episode. I still have my halves of the Lost episodes if you ever wanted to hear them. Although it might be weird to hear, like, (laughs) half of a conversation.
0: I'll just fill in all the blanks and uh, upload the new episodes. Uh, We could have to do Night of the Hunter and Treasure of Sierra Madre. Yeah. What others did we miss? Well, we...
1: We did Halloween Three, which was the second one we recorded. We revived that one and did it. But one of the ones that I think would be really interesting to do, maybe just even just to listen to the podcast audio back to again, was because of the disaster of the the legend recording we did <laughs> where i was in I was in uh, New Orleans at the time yeah. on vacation, and I uh, was in my uncle 's house, and he has very loud. Parakeets—they were just okay, yeah. yapping the entire time
0: that it was we were a trying disaster. to
1: record. It was bad,
0: and that's a good one that got lost. Honestly, uh, we could always do Legend again. There's fun.
1: I would I would one. do all of those again. They're they're like all of the ones that I wouldn't do again. We have recorded and preserved. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are the ones you wouldn't do specifically? For me, maybe Wrestler. I don't think yeah. like need would uh, do.
1: I thought about wrestler, even though it was a good movie, I liked it. It just it, it was... shouldn't
0: have been our fourth or fifth podcast. Honestly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was a really early one. Uh, I think the movie I've liked the least that we've done was Defy Bloods. Uh, oh,
0: for me, it's Jack Frost. Uh,
1: I I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a that...
0: Thanksgiving person. It's kind of kind of ugly to watch that schlocky Christmas shit. I mean, bro agrees.
1: I'll I'll, I'll check yeah. with you how you feel about it next week again and see. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just wait for what I have next week. Yeah,
1: uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, wow. Well, I'm uh, looking back over because I got my ranking here on Letterboxd and stuff. Like the low ones are stuff like I mean, for for the most part, we talk about good movies, which is Hopefully. Good. Uh It's some of like the newer ones that are kind of lower ranking here. Like the very first episode, uh, Halloween 2018. <laughs> yeah, I, it, that's that's fairly low ranked here for me because uh, I have I had some issues with the movie. <laughs>
0: Um, I don't quite regret that one since it was like the one that we saw in theater together so it's experiential yeah. and it's worth it. Um, well,
1: yeah, it's, it's it was kind of a monumental one it, it, it has a lot of significance in pushing the podcast forward and stuff and making it happen so I got a, a lot of uh, fondness there. Yeah, episodes uh I don't know if there are many that I regret recording but there's what about some about this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm, uh, I'm starting to regret this one now but uh we'll see how it shapes out. <laughs>
0: I regret nothing. Uh, I'm glad we've got to 99. Uh, it, it takes all of those to get to 99, so I'm glad they all exist. And I think there's something good in all of them. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the early 30s. Uh, no. Once we get past uh, – even the box office gets better as we keep doing it. So uh, repetition well, improves the podcast.
1: Just one thing. Like, where do you recommend people to start with a <laughs> podcast when they're listening? Because like, yeah. as, as a podcast listener, like, you always got to give something – Uh, you know a couple of tries before like or or maybe don't even try at the beginning it's the same thing kind of like a television show like what Seinfeld doesn't get good until like season three what I think about
0: with podcasts is every episode is ideally someone's first episode of this podcast so uh, we have to present kind of the same information and there's a thing where the the last episode of the podcast is the first anyone gets so ideally this one is someone's first and they start here or they start next week you know
1: Oh, well, then we're probably screwed for new viewers this time.
0: <laughs> That'll be fine.
1: No, I, I think if there's anything I, I regret, it might be, like, discussions that were rougher in the beginning about movies that I would love to talk about again. Like, I think our third episode is The Other Side of the Wind, which <laughs> which is incredible. And, uh, like, it's such a significant film to us then because of that and so much of what was happening and the, just the serendipity of it all you know uh but you know it feels like if that's our like official discussion on the film that maybe it's it's probably a little rough looking at it in the rearview mirror i haven't reviewed it but i imagine our rigidity is still quite prominent in it
0: <laughs> i imagine the editing is worse our sound is worse we hadn't gotten new mics uh everything's probably bad about those early episodes uh there's there's ones i look at like groundhog day where i thought that's really early and yeah it's been significant in the show but what would it have been significant if we didn't do it early is kind of my thing with either of those.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, I I would would say a number of others in those uh, early ones as well. I think back like if, yeah, I guess the only regret is that like I feel this compulsion not to go back and discuss them again, because, you know, we have this kind of like officially one, like you can't do the other side of the wind part two, or, you know, I guess you could do groundhog day part two or five or 613. (laughs)
0: It would be funny to do it every year on Groundhog Day. But that, was,
1: that was the plan at one point. I think we talked about doing that. <laughs> and but...
0: then, then the problem is I kept finding Groundhog Day movies. So we yeah. did it every week instead. <laughs> <laughs> we never had to do it every year because I had weekly Groundhog Day content.
1: <laughs> but no, it's, it's been uh, quite the journey so far. We're about uh, two years in. And uh, it's been uh, just wonderful to discuss movies uh, every week with someone who... I enjoy speaking about movies with, who I think has insightful opinions on movies sometimes.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I think it's an important thing because like we're saying about COVID, there's just, I I need to be able to get out and do things and talk to people. And this is one of the, one of the conversations I have this week. (laughs) Uh, It's one of the important ones too, that I want to have no matter what was happening. So uh, I'm glad that's been there, even when other things haven't been, and I'm glad we're still recording. Mm-hmm.
1: Th- All right, here, I got the, the biggest regret, I think, is that there's only like three episodes that we've done in person. Yeah, there was there was uh Blue Velvet and Notorious. And I feel like there was one more earlier on, but I can't remember what it was.
0: Uh, I Those are the only ones I remember, really.
1: Well, then maybe it was two. But regardless, okay. uh, th- those were some of the, the most enjoyable to record <laughs> and, and fun to be together in person and uh yeah i just miss you man i miss yeah. uh getting to see you uh
0: hopefully next year we'll be able to figure out some kind of in-person recording at least um even with covid like we say we both have tight circles anyway so sometimes well, we you can, can just, overlap.
1: we'll set up two recording stations halfway across yeah. the room and it'll be like the same quality of recording yeah uh, it, it as we are now but we'll get to see. <laughs> yeah, we'll be sitting on opposite ends of a table looking into the laptops together
0: <laughs> It's true uh Yeah, so happy Thanksgiving, man. Um, I I'm happy we get to kind of do it uh, solo. We're substituting, by the way, turkey for chicken. Um, We're making bold choices this year, just doing what we like because you don't have to do the traditional Thanksgiving food if you don't want.
1: No, it's just you. you you. No, you do have to. (laughs) I can't. Why? Why would you not get turkey? I love turkey.
0: Turkey could be good if it's juicy and and moist. Uh, I like a moist turkey.
1: Yeah yeah it's a moist turkey I like to we like
0: our turkeys like we like our grandmas
1: <laughs> i knew you were gonna do that
0: full have of you, love um,
1: have you ever uh fried a turkey before
0: <laughs> there you go say if i fried a grandma um uh, <laughs> uh, no yeah yeah i fried it uh air fryer um uh, Doing like an outdoor fryer is a special experience with the turkey.
1: It is. It's, it, uh, you've never quite had turkey like a uh, oil fried turkey outside. Uh, just don't burn your so house much down better. doing it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, so that's the risk.
0: This week, we're, we're looking at um, like our, our memories of like cartoons and nostalgia and uh, trying to make it warm and, and neatly spirited. But uh, I have another warm thing. First, I saw Pixar's Soul
1: yeah we're we're full this is just the animated episode this week isn't it that's all That's the only things we have to talk about this week are all animated which is uh wonderful i think that that works uh so yeah soul came out on disney plus uh for free right
0: (laughs) it comes out december 25th uh christmas
1: oh 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 right i'm getting things confused because (laughs) you have uh fancy connections to get things early
0: (laughs) you thought i would uh not talk about Christmas movies, but I have this Christmas Day premiere, and I think it's just the most wonderful thing anyone could watch on Christmas. I mean, it's full, so full of spirit and life. Um, Pixar have gotten away from their sequelitis, and this feels like a commitment to new and original ideas again. Like this is their refocusing. With Onward, I was like, oh shit, this might not work. Mm-hmm. I was like, they might want to make Toy Story five again. <laughs> but now I'm thinking this is more along the lineage of Up, Inside Out, Coco where we're looking at musical and afterlife and what it means to age. Um, it doesn't have all the emotional heft of the usual Pixar film, but I think it's because of its high concept that it has to kind of get around some of that stuff.
1: Can um, Can you describe the concept to me? I know little about soul. Uh, are, you, are you embargoed on this one? I don't remember.
0: No, I'm not. Um, oh, okay. Speak thankfully, I could talk about anything on this. Uh, <laughs> so the ending of soul, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. No. Mm. Uh, so, Soul. It's about a middle school uh, piano teacher. He's a he's a high school music or a middle school music teacher, and he's very gifted. And he's lived his whole life to get to this one moment in his life where he could perform jazz with this uh, wonderful woman who's always followed his whole life. Um, he's always been rejected at like major turns. Um, it's always just been his career, and finally he gets like a performance with one of his uh, former band students. They call him up and say, now I'm playing with them and I want to give you a chance tonight. So he goes in and uh, he trials with her and she's just blown away by his uh, improvisational piano. Um, So it's the best day of his life ever. (laughs) And he's going out and he's celebrating and he's just like, you know, he's not even like looking around his environment. He's just uh, in love with life and um, falling onto things and uh, narrowly avoiding bananas in the street. Um, it's it's a beautiful and spirited thing and then suddenly he falls into a manhole and dies. <laughs> oh
1: my god. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm I'm leaning toward not showing Ezra right now because she's been a little bit preoccupied with death the last week. I just try to steer the conversation around it when I can. Uh, so maybe not good for all audiences right now, but uh, I I feel like for me this is what I needed. Like it's about passions and jazz. It's about finding your purpose. I mean, it's It's heady, it's theoretical. Um, He goes into the afterlife and it's like a limbo or a holding cell and he keeps trying to jump off the edge and regain his entrance into his body. Uh, There's a celebration of blackness in it. There's a a really sweet bit about black hair. Um, We look at like hair love and I think there's another short this year that's becoming a big thing in uh, black animation is uh, as we get those voices, we're starting to see multicultural ideas. Uh, so some really beautiful stuff about that in here. Um, yeah, I, I love Soul. I, I love jazz anyway, and I love uh, intention in animation. It's a fantastic one. I I think I have it about fifth among Pixar's. So I like Coco the most.
1: That premise seems very interesting. It feels like a, a story we've kind of heard before in yeah. the kind of vein of it's a wonderful life-y kind of thing. Or Yeah, uh, it's true. It's kind uh, of like that matter of life and death the powell pressburger film comes to mind in that kind of similar vein where it's like i have to earn my my way back to 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 life it's not my time yet or or whatnot so that's a interesting especially for kind of uh animated form it seems very well suited for it but definitely like a little bit on the darker side for uh, oh it's disney's
0: (laughs) it's disney's most existential movie i don't think they've ever made anything quite like it um
1: more existential, you say, than something like uh, Inside Out? Because Inside Out is also very <laughs> heady, I, I would say, for, for a kid's movie anyway.
0: They'd make really good pairs, I think, to understand emotion and then passing. I mean, I'm going to show Ezra eventually because this thing matters. But uh, um, I, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I, have, I think I have it fourth or fifth in that. And fourth and fifth in Pixar, I mean, I, I'm a Pixar fan anyway. So when I say I like Pixar things, that's with the understanding that I always like Pixar things. Uh, hmm. there, there's two or three I don't I don't care for. That's it.
1: Cars, right?
0: Uh, I've <laughs> seen cars, kind of. I've seen cars, three, kind of. I haven't seen cars, two. Uh, I'm sure they're all very different.
1: <laughs> I know you like the dinosaur one because it's just, uh, it's a it's a western sort of.
0: <laughs> I think I'm the only one that likes that. Uh, and brave. Sure. Uh, <laughs> brave is interesting because they took the female director off of it um, uh, before it. <laughs> before it really initialized so uh, it still has some good culture in there it's a lot like wolf walkers so uh check that out also wolf walkers is like the seeing through of brave but uh, uh soul is one of their best ones i could see it being someone's favorite if they're like me and like jazz and uh stories about death and life and memory
1: oh it's good to hear that uh, they kind of bounce back from onward er- earlier <laughs> yeah, it's this good. year that was this year right
0: uh, people like onward now i feel like it's had a second life also in uh on demand or disney yeah. plus yeah
1: well that's the other thing with uh soul here i guess that's uh relevant is that it's it's coming to streaming free for a little bit right
0: it's probably the one of the best movies that have come to streaming we look at like other side of the wind soul and there's it they're both in the upper echelon of that
1: well i, I meant like in terms of like this is another example of disney's uh Rollout formula, how they're changing things in their distribution, oh, yeah. and, and we're is. seeing how the straight-to-streaming uh, video-on-demand is going to be a, a huge shift for things, even after theaters open up again, <laughs> and the the movie landscape is going to be quite different. And it's it's kind of yeah. hard to know exactly how, but if this also does very well, which I anticipate it will, uh, then you know, we're uh, who's to say what's going to happen.
0: This is the only Pixar other than the cars that I haven't seen in theater, which is really heartbreaking for me (laughs) as a gigantic fan of their animation. And this is, this is such a good blend of the two things I like, which is their hyper realism mix with their uh, more ethereal afterlife imagery. And their like floating uh, uh, inside out imagery on Coco. Uh, It's, it's in between like those and something more realistic, like, it's funny to say, but Toy Story 4 has like the most <laughs> realistic lighting I've seen in animation.
1: Well, it's good to hear. And it comes out on uh, Christmas, you said?
0: Yeah, uh, Christmas Day, free on Disney+. Plus. That's incredible. I mean, there couldn't be a better value.
1: Look at that. You can get your kids a gift and you don't even have to pay for it.
0: <laughs> that and Wonder Woman, so it'll be an interesting wow. Christmas.
1: Wow, both of those on that day? Yeah. Yeah, Wonder is. Woman
0: might be paid. I, I can't remember. I, w- I would oh, be no, surprised. That's HBO, right? Yeah, it's HBO. Okay. That'll be free too, I believe. What a day. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll have Ezra watch it on Christmas break. <laughs> it's but, just not time. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, speaking of uh, Wonder Woman and uh, other superheroes of their ilk, uh, I have fond memories of oh! watching... That was loud. But speaking of Wonder Woman, superheroes, something. Uh, speaking of interrupting dogs, uh <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. You know, there's there's nothing more nostalgic than it.
0: Yeah, there's uh, something about either, it's either the cartoons you get when you come home from school and they're on that like uh, 3 or 4 p.m. block and, and you get them every day in that repetition of, okay, I've got home and I'm relaxing. Or as you wake up Saturday morning and you have binge a bunch of shit and it's all just your memories of childhood mm-hmm.
1: i'm i'm not sure what the landscape is like now uh for kids <laughs> who are getting up on saturday mornings and watching their their shows but i definitely have a fondness for those those kind of uh you know i, I grew up with those kind of 90s shows the stuff that uh was you know being made just like post gen x stuff there, there's a little bit of an age gap here between us um uh, about uh 40 years or so i think uh <laughs> So the, the show is 60 years old. Yeah,
0: the show. <laughs> I have that... a child when I talk about Ezra, she's 45, by the way.
1: <laughs> so uh, I believe the shows that we grew up on might might be a little different, but I think there's enough of a crossover here that we have enough uh, relatability to kind of come, come and agree. Of course, with uh, th- this particular one that we're talking about this week being a, a major one.
0: I think there's something so special about the block of when I was, growing up i don't want to just say that that's the only special time but that you would have watched it too uh, i believe like the early 90s animations were looking at stuff like you know like gargoyle and like ren stimpy and uh, you know um i'm trying to think of more angry animamias- beavers how
1: about how about angry beavers
0: angry no. beavers absolutely that's a little later for me but it, it's still in that wheelhouse of, uh, that was like my younger brother's show uh
1: well one of my favorite ones i want to talk about of course is uh the the fondness for the uh batman the animated series
0: which is really beautiful i mean it's such a beautifully animated show
1: it's the best iteration of batman that exists uh going on the the record here to say it Uh, it's such a a beautifully designed uh series you know with the the gothic uh architecture you know the the art deco uh layout of the city the highly impressionistic uh you know, uh, kind of storylines and such and everything. And, and it's got that fun sense to it. It's just a, a beautifully done show and, you know, had the potential for so many sequel spin-off things and such. Uh, and, you know, I have so much fun just revisiting it, even as an adult. And that's the thing I think that really marks these great yes. shows is that uh, as an adult, it's not it's just... Still this, to be fun. <laughs> it's not just nostalgia that fuels my memory of it, though it is for some of them. Like I did yeah. go back and I tried to rewatch stuff like... Ducktales and, and Darkwing Duck, which were shows yeah. I really liked growing up. Uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers and Tailspin.
0: Did those go okay for you?
1: Uh, you know, I I started rewatching them, but uh, a couple of them, and it, and it was not quite as I remember. Definitely way more kid oriented, especially like Ducktales. I remember when I tried to rewatch. It. I watched the first couple, and I was like, "Hmm, this isn't working for me as much as something like when I revisited Batman or, or Gargoyles, like you mentioned." Uh, I I also and that's the thing is i chose them in my living room because i have a whole shelf full of like 90s cartoons yeah. on dvd that i bought forever ago because when i whenever i get melancholy that's that's the perfect cure of i just course. throw on 90s it
0: cartoons. Was, when disney plus came out i was looking at things like those like ducktales and darkwing duck and they're just so zany they're so uh saturday morning sugar cereal uh they're in your face and uh I love the aesthetic idea of Darkwing Duck so I thought I would have like the, the warmest memories but there's not a lot to really be warm about I mean it's a it's a cold like zany show and I think about things like I don't know Freakazoid has that really yeah. aged well I, I, I haven't
1: I haven't had a chance to revisit Freakazoid but along with uh because Freakazoid was the third uh animated series produced by Spielberg after Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and I would think if if any, it as well would have an interesting revival nowadays because the whole premise would, would be very adaptable to the 21st century because the whole gimmick is that Freakazoid is, you know, is, is, he's a superhero with all of the powers of the internet injected yeah. into his mind. And, and to see how that would apply in a 21st century setting would be horrifying Uh, yeah yeah probably pretty horrifying but also very interesting to see on eraser
0: head right yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, i would i would be very interested to see how that would go i don't think freakazoid has quite the following that something like animaniacs does to get a reboot but you know they're gonna they're they're already running out of ideas as is so it's only a matter of time
0: i was a big fan of space ghost uh that kind of dry humor even as a kid really appealed to me um Mm -hmm. There there were other things like Daria, that kind of depression and you, you know, uh, melancholy I always liked.
1: Daria was not one that I grew up with, but, okay. but it was one I ended up watching later because my fiance was a big fan of it and she showed me and I just, I was all about the cynicism of Daria. Oh, and, good. And particularly her character. I, I formed an immediate crush on her
0: yeah
1: and I was just all about that afterwards that that kind of again that that generational stuff the the MTV uh stuff Beavis and Butthead and that was kind of
0: my stuff I think yeah that was definitely more I
1: missed you a little bit uh I caught a lot more of like the 2000s cartoons and stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up one that I have a fondness for that I did revisit as an adult and still enjoyed that you probably will have disdain for uh do you
0: so here's the thing first, is that you're my brother's age, so it's likely that I've watched all these as a as a bigger brother.
1: It's, it's possible. Uh, in fact, I'm actually your brother. Uh, you are. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> which which is why we started this podcast to begin with and why we're so close, obviously from the first episode, <laughs> without any awkwardness. Yeah. Uh, but no, do you remember uh, the animated Jackie Chan Adventures?
0: Vaguely. Um, <laughs> not, not something my brother watched, <laughs> so you can't be...
1: I, I didn't think so. See, that's, and that's probably why you have such a disdain for him now is because you didn't grow Cracky up. James. With, yes, of course. For my brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because you didn't uh.
1: grow up with his awesome animated series where they have to go around globe trotting, collecting these magic talismans that gave them various kind of superpowers. And it was a oh, really yes. cool show.
0: Carmen Sandiego. I did see that.
1: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see Carmen Sandiego. Growing up, oh, but wow. I did play the game. I played the game okay. growing up. I remember.
0: So I grew up on like also like Vulture on Captain Planet, uh, Thundercats, uh, those kind of 80s shows that, mm-hmm. that my dad and I overlap on somewhat. Well, uh, Johnny got... Quest was a huge one for me.
1: My dad was a huge fan of Johnny Quest from like, oh, the, really? comic, from like the comics growing up as well. So that's how I was familiar with him. But uh, I have gotten a more formal education in more recent years uh, of kind of older... Classic cartoons and stuff, like a lot of Hanna-Barbera stuff and things, uh, particularly because there's a, a great program here at Movie Madness, which is a place I love to talk about still, where at their mini-plex that they opened just this past year, they've started doing, uh, like, oh, uh, they did start before COVID closed them down, but uh, Saturday morning cartoon blocks. So oh, for, yeah. like, for like two hours or like an hour and a half every Saturday at like 11 in the morning. You could go in just sit in the the miniplex and uh they had this block of of random cartoons sometimes there was an episode of Batman sometimes there was uh Adam ant uh and there was a flintstones episode and then That's they, fun. Had, they, uh, they had they uh, had They also had some like Care Bear stuff that I took a nap during. And uh, I think the one I was most surprised by liking was that they had, they showed Gem and the Holograms, which is not a show I grew up on. But but I totally dug it. It was totally outrageous.
0: (laughs) I think they were in like a Scooby-Doo or something might've been like, Scooby-Doo introduced me to a lot of shows and characters, honestly. Very formative for me. Um, If I look back at all, like, my most consistent favorite cartoon over my lifetime has to be Scooby-Doo. Like every okay. rendition I I enjoy something about.
1: Which which is your favorite? Uh obviously like the 1969 series, What's New Scooby-Doo. Like how is how is that one unbeaten? Like like does anything compare <laughs> to that?
0: It's got to be the new Mystery Inc. It's it's so beautiful. I mean there's so much going on and I I think that's one of my it has to be a top 5 cartoon. I could keep watching these
1: but, by the way if you ever wanted to i would i would podcast some of those like uh scooby doo movies like the the zombie island or like the alien ones or whatever the, those ones that I, that came out right when i was a kid i would i would totally do those with you cuz they were some quality flicks
0: i feel like that could be a good halloween insert somewhere yeah we're yeah.
1: always like have so much halloween content Yeah, yeah maybe one. something
0: else uh... <laughs> I, we'll w- I would keep thinking about it do that.
1: but scooby-doo i remember i remember going this well i remember they did like a, a hollywood movie or like yes. they go to hollywood i don't remember that, that one like like if it was good or not but i remember enjoying no. it as a kid
0: <laughs> it wasn't great uh, there's uh the ghoul school is the main yeah. one which is interesting because it's not even a detective mystery uh they they just have like it's the ancillary characters and they're very interesting and it introduces the hex girls which are, are kind of like a a little overlap with the holograms um I I loved uh, that one
1: growing up yeah. that one was probably my favorite and I'm happy to hear that it holds up for you still
0: It's still amazing um <laughs> so maybe that one uh, if we want to look at one I'd I'd do that one first I think
1: Definitely that that but, one
0: I'm always happy to do more animation I feel like uh not a lot of podcasts that are movie podcasts focus on fun animation
1: <laughs> Yeah uh well of course I guess cuz the the big thing is that Disney is so dominant in the movie field uh you know surprisingly we haven't covered like any classic animated disney movies either from like the (laughs) renaissance period or like the the have we done none i don't i don't think so how many
0: the jungle book no Uh, no we we don't even mention that one that one that disney did um
1: yeah well that one was a remake but yeah, yeah um but no, I don't think we have. like I think the closest we've come to doing a Disney movie is Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay,
0: that's our Disney movie for the podcast. That's, that's <laughs> weird. I I like Pinocchio. Um Yeah, I like I I, I, I watched
1: I, I watched Pinocchio not too long ago and I was like this definitely holds up still as a very quality beautifully animated film. Uh, it's not like, you know, like some of them some of the older Disney ones there's like simple to a fault. Like yeah. I, Dumbo is kind of like
0: Nothing to say about that.
1: Oh, except like that it's really racist at one point but you know <laughs>
0: um there's uh yeah we haven't even touched on so much of the disney but uh it's hard to do disney because it feels like you're ignoring a whole history of other animation too uh, I, I just feel like other people are doing disney and they're not doing others so it's hard to make that agreement to get to the really significant things like pinocchio and uh, god inside out would be a good show i think
1: yeah, um, I think that would be interesting, though uh I I don't know that I would have anything to say that matches okay. your, your great writing on it. Uh um, oh, on the kind of so very much. personal one of it. That's one of my favorite the uh was, that, was it Cinema of Memories or was that the other one?
0: Uh <laughs> I forget what the inside out one was. Uh it's, learning it's got, to feel again. Yeah. Learning to like feel that. again or something. Yeah. Very,
1: very personal, very uh kind of exposing piece on on how it affects you which i think is a really great uh insight
0: (laughs) just wait till you get to my half brothers review what a what a piece of shit (laughs) what have i done (laughs) it's bad (laughs) anyway that's a bad movie and not an animation (laughs) what a piece of shit (laughs) So I I like DuckTales.
1: <laughs> Have you watched the the new one? They no,
0: um, I want to. Do I? Do I, I don't I know. To?
1: I don't I didn't watch it. Uh I didn't okay. watch the new one. Uh this was this was the only reboot in any kind of recent years where I where I kind of really perked up and I said, "Yes, yes, I'm I'm very interested in that." Uh This is a
0: new Looney Tunes by the way. Really good both of them. But, yeah, but we've we'll we heard new things. Uh,
1: mhm. And and yeah, so I don't know maybe maybe Warner Brothers is going to make like a real comeback in terms of yeah. animation like seeing the that kind of new Warner Brothers animation logo at the beginning of every new episode here is uh like like really kind of enticing I'm like <laughs> are we are we going to have a, a new renaissance here of car- animated cartoons half hour you know blocks that, w- that would speaking be great speaking of
0: a uh, speaking of pieces of shit i went back and watched their first animation they ever did and it's so interesting to watch people try to like buy purchase into the animation space early on they're they're remaking disney if we always look at disney as copyright trolls and like they're controlling everything look at warner's early stuff and disney didn't do shit like uh, they they basically made a mickey mouse character and it, it took like a whole couple seasons till you really get to big bugs bunny i've been digging into those shorts a lot lately like like same reasons as you i need comfort food during election and and even in the aftermath i just i want something simple and uh, with direct messages until i got to one where bugs bunny was uh, trying to sell us war i i forget what it's called like split the voter i forget what that one was but that's some confederate bullshit in there and he he does blackface (laughs) oh yeah blackface in that one so well that's an
1: that's an important thing to talk about as well is that, uh, so many, so much of like those early cartoons are directly, uh, derivative of uh minstrel stereo stereotypes. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it's really like, uh, impossible not to see if you, if you really think about it, like down to the, you know, the, the black color of the skin of a lot of them, like Mickey Mouse and such. Yeah. And he has the, the kind of dandy gloves on and things. It's, it's so, such an obvious, you know, uh, Stepping point from, uh, you know, old, old vaudeville stuff, and when, again, like we talk about it when we talk about silent film comedy as well, where the kind of slapstick style is so informed, uh, informed cartoons to come down to like banana peel jokes and anvils <laughs> yes. and things. Like they're all staples that derive, you know, from silent films first, right. and of course those come from the kind of vaudeville routine stuff. Like you know. I'm, And and they have their share of blackface influence as well. There's, you know, you can't get around it necessarily. So that that history is still there, but it's also very, very nice to see how it's evolved away from that, you know. And it's become unique to its own style. Like when we look at characters like the Warners and their designs and stuff, we don't immediately think of minstrel stereotypes, even though that influence is very obviously there. Yeah, They've become, you know, they've usurped that uh, negative past, to to become something wholesome and enlivening and uh rich of the, their own right
0: i guess the interest in them is something like that it feels like they're they've been like locked in a water tower since like that stuff was invented right like and, i don't yeah. know exactly the origin of these characters but it feels like they're from that time but then they they've been unreleased on the they've been released on the modern times and they get to or like what's weird about society and uh, from an old school cartoon perspective without the baggage that's so. have
1: Well, they're, 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 and that's the thing is that they have that, you know, kind of unending chaos to them and they come in and mess everything <laughs> up and and the influence of them is very obvious from that time period. Like you can, you, they even make a joke about it and they have a Halloween themed episode where they're literally dressed up as their primary influence, which is, you know, the, the Marx Brothers. Uh, right. Very, very obvious influence there. Yakko is basically... Groucho Marx without the glasses and mustache. <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> I haven't thought about it, but it's true. Yes,
1: it's totally, and, and you know, a lot of it is informed by you know Spielberg's uh, you know fondness for those kind of old old things and stuff, and he's uh, the primary producer, even even in this new season, which is great to see that he still has his voice here in it because you you can see the the quality of the of Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and such uh, compared to even their contemporaries from that same time period. It's just so. It, like e- even more than some of those very ones we have such a fondness for uh and and the influence of them and the variety of their humor it 's so great uh <laughs> the The original show uh is so steeped in in nineties humor that uh you you kind of worry that it may not be adaptable to right. the, the new uh generation because it is i mean like the you know they have Bill Clinton in the theme song for god 's sake it 's it's so extreme. Still making nice. appearances, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> there's but, uh, there's something to it that's so like authoristic, where there's, uh, it, yeah, it has Spielberg influence, and then you have like the Jurassic Park opening, and yeah, and the Spielberg narration over it with the, I I, I feel like it's kind of in awe of its own creation, which is interesting to me.
1: Uh, well, what's nice about the like, uh, what Spielberg did as a producer for the series is that he was very hands off generally and allowed the the creators to do whatever like especially if you go back and watch the original Animaniacs they literally got away with so much
0: they did yeah so much shit that
1: that most you know like any other producer would be really hands-on and like preventative because they're they're afraid of us I mean like they have a you know about the infamous fingerprints joke in the original show, right? what was that remind me? <laughs> so there, in in the original, there's a sketch at one point. They're looking around for something, and and Yak at one point is like, you know, cert, you know, uh, he's looking for fingerprints or, or something, and and Dot is holding up a caricature of Prince.
0: <laughs> okay. And,
1: he, and and she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> and it's like it's like un, unequivocally dirty joke there, yeah. and it just like entirely flies by and that goes and. You know how did they get away with that stuff? I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's what I love about '90s animation. Like I, I watched that that um, documentary about um, the I forget the guy's name, the Ren Stimpy creator. Right, right. Yeah, John, John, uh, something. Anyway, uh, it's talking about how like uh, autor led they were and how network notes were a little bit different in that they were like suggestions. Um, it's nice now that Animaniacs doesn't have to deal with the usual notes or anything. I mean. It feels like there's um, no censors on this show. It feels like that, and it feels like that untapped creative energy of the '90s again.
1: Well, that's that's what a good producer can do for you. For yeah. one who, who can guide the, the vision of the uh, um, the, the showrunners, filmmakers, or whoever, without interfering, but but knowing also when to to kind of guide them. Like they're the intermediate between the the money people who want to be demanding and, you know, the creators who want to do whatever, you know, and so they can balance that when done right, if they're not two on one side or the other. But uh, yeah, the the signature style of Animaniacs, their zaniness, their, you know... Uh, they're zany constant.
0: to the max, Yes, by the way. yes, they are. <laughs> you would and hope that this would be on HBO Max, by the way, <laughs> but no.
1: But yeah, <laughs> and it's aside. kind of weird going back and realizing that for a even more than the looney tunes i would say you know animaniacs is such a warner brothers branded I know. show like they that's they're literally the warner brothers and the warner sister and they're now financed by disney through i don't want to watch
0: i don't want to watch it on hulu uh, that's the worst place to watch it
1: it it is uh, kind of like uh, it's everything for-
0: that disney isn't doing i mean it's like it, it's standing up against everything that disney created so it's like a satire of them on their own network. It
1: is odd. It is peculiar. And especially, especially because, uh, aside from that, like, I don't know of many other Hulu originals that, uh, you would really want to subscribe the service to. Yeah, definitely not yeah. cartoons. This is the one, the I'm one aware of. That,
0: you, that you should watch there, I think. Um,
1: but you know, I'm just happy that they, they financed it and made it happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't care, uh, necessarily that it ended up here. I would, you know, pay for like, like I would watch it on crackle if I had to, <laughs>
0: you're making big statements but, uh, <laughs> but i think i agree uh, you're right
1: I, i'm gonna retract that statement i would never support crackle uh they're no, a horrific please. service
0: <laughs> they are horrific service horrible quality and um, i i've never launched crackle i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's something about this though that right when i saw the trailers i just knew about it you know i knew that this was a special moment in animation not just for this show but that things could come back safely now um that we are starting to see useful, um, useful '90s nostalgia. Especially '90s have always felt close to me. Maybe it's because I'm so old, but, but I feel like we've been in the '80s a very long time, and we don't have very many like successful examples of '90s shows coming back and being actually successful, other than like Twin Peaks and. Uh, some of the ones it rolls through in its song about uh, all these yeah. shows that are rehashed. There, there are a few of those that are successful, but I think this is, you know, the most well, well, true and to it its also, spirit.
1: It depends on your definition of successful. Are are they making money and managing to get renewed for new seasons? Sure, but do, do they continue to, you know, capture the spirit of the original sense and apply yeah.
0: to to new sensibilities?
1: You know, Just it's... Twin
0: Peaks, right? Like, there's nothing else that's been better than its original form. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't think of one other example that's been actually significantly improved than its 90s version. Yeah, um,
1: again, like, the, and that, that opening song. So, the first episode of this new Animaniacs reboot is yeah. is a pretty great, pretty perfect return to form in that there's... Uh, Should we two... talk
0: about that song first, though? Sure. The sure. opening song is yeah. important, I think, to get to.
1: So, do you mean the theme song? Yes. Yeah, so... The, the theme song, I think, is a... The new theme song is a good, like, microcosm of the show <laughs> on whole. Because, right. largely, it's the same theme song as the original. Same animation, same, you know, movements, same song lyrics. But there is cha- there are changes in it. Uh, small mm-hmm. ones, big ones, uh, like from labeling dot as cute to now she's witty which That's is my like,
0: favorite thing about it i think yeah well Just because that little change means a lot to the show i think
1: right because one of the big things they're doing with her is that not not that she wasn't always like this but recognizing the more equal footing and progressive yeah. change for uh you know female you know presence in, <laughs> uh, in television in particular
0: also mentioned in the opening song that they've uh, they've changed it for focus testing and and research, uh, user research, they, they've uh, made their cast gender neutral. Uh, or, uh, gen, what is it? Pronoun neutral? Yeah, so, something like that. Gender anyway, balance, like, something like that.
1: Yeah, signaling the change in times, how we regard things. And, you know, what's particularly hilarious is watching all of the right-wing trolls on the internet get really mad about how PC <laughs> Animaniacs is now.
0: Fantastic. I haven't seen that.
1: There, there If you go, go look, like, I... I just after it premiered, I went scrolling some Reddit threads and such, just like kind of finding all the way down to the bottom with where all the down votes are to see the people being upset. That <laughs> they're making fun of Trump and stuff. They, they make fun of <laughs> GOP, you know, things, which is again, like, and they're like, Oh, they're, they're so leftist now. And it's like, dude, they were always again, like, like it's like people didn't remember that they constantly, they, they constantly made fun of Bill and Hillary Clinton in the nineties run and everyone else in there. Like they made yeah. him, a fucking buffoon in all (laughs) turns they were they were relentless in that so of course (laughs) trump is fair game of course they're going to make him a giant toddler cyclops in the (laughs) second episode
0: (laughs) by the way the first thing to really do trump in a way that i find like genuinely really funny and just like uh, i I think part of it mocking his presence is hilarious here
1: I think part of it helps that now that we know Trump is no longer going to be in the yeah. white house come January, like we can finally laugh at him a bit more now. They, knowing they that, write
0: that, that, they write that line that they don't know when they're writing it. Cause it's yeah. <laughs> and the writers aren't sure yet, but uh, maybe Trump will be in. Uh, and,
1: and there is a lot of, and, and it is very like 2018 focused. Like there's, there's, yeah jokes about like the the Russia interference. There's like a whole episode where they, they deal with Russia and yeah. there's like a, an election bit joke, like a whole episode with the, uh, I love the, they do one with Pinky and the Brain where they go back in time to the 1950s and Brain ends up becoming like a, a influential politician and uses dirt. <laughs> On on everyone in to get like to clear out the Senate to take over.
0: <laughs> I think we'll get to Pinky and Brain in a little. In a little yeah, bit. yeah, we that's just that like a focus, example. little spotlight on them. Yeah,
1: um, but that is that is another important thing to highlight in the theme song is that they've significantly reduced the cast of characters, which is also something good and
0: bad yeah
1: no I mean and, and I've seen people of two minds of this yeah Uh. some people were like it's not as good now because an important <laughs> fact of that is that you had a variety of things yeah. and, they, and they address it in one episode I don't know if it was the one you saw you didn't see all of them but there I was did see one, one
0: where they addressed the the difference in characters though. with
1: the with the hunter did you see yeah. that one the big game yeah which I thought was a great episode that they actually yeah. addressed the the old cast why they're just, They kind of make a joke about it, <laughs> and the return of Chicken Boo. Um, <laughs> uh, but but for me, on the other end here, I think it's much better that they've reduced the cast of characters considerably. Because I think the worst thing about the original show was some of those character bits were just not very good. They weren't very I, funny. The the I Hippo, don't have any
0: I really missed. Honestly, I I like what's here. I,
1: I would say again, and that's the thing is that there's a reason that. Pinky and the Brain were the only ones that survived because they were so popular exactly. and so yeah. and they worked so well that they got their own spin-off series of their own. But yeah. the but there are some like I liked Slappy Squirrel a lot. She was kind of like a throwback old oh, yeah. Warner cartoons, and she was good. But aside from her, like
0: I do like Slappy Squirrel.
1: Yeah, the, the rest lack something. And like you can't bring back something like the good pigeons to no. 2020. <laughs> it's, it's funny, it's though. it's a bro. it's a one-note joke that's just a a Scorsese riff it's just a parody of this one movie from the 90s (laughs) what
0: if we had the irish pigeons though
1: (laughs) i that's what i want like i wondered going in. i'm like are they going to continue this like i thought maybe they might do like wolves of wall street instead or something but i'm glad that they they ultimately didn't and they slimmed the cast down because they know that the warners and pinky and the brain are the real draw and the meat of the series what made them you know so memorable so you know uh functional to begin with so just slimming it down to that having two warners and then one pinky in the brain in the middle it just made it even funnier for me like
0: so (laughs) so much of
1: it like i i almost feel like this season was better than a lot of the 90s run so oh, this, this
0: might be my favorite season i mean i i don't know like what every season looks like in the 90s but uh, my my impression of this is so much stronger than back then
1: the, the last time when i went to go watch animaniacs i burned out uh okay after a little while just because again some of those bits they're just really re- repetitive it's the same kind of humor each time they there there's no new interesting things kind of developing so i i burned out on the series at one point <laughs> okay uh, it's also there's, there's a lot of it there's like 99 episodes <laughs> okay yeah. maniac you don't
0: need to watch all those it, it'll be okay
1: mm-hmm. but this this new season felt like a real revelation in so many ways i i was laughing my ass off so consistently throughout the the show uh was there any major highlights for for you beyond the the first episode?
0: I Think of the Animaniacs, kind of like Nintendo thinks about Mario that it's so transformable and they could become anything. For me, that that's what the show emphasizes that they could they could morph into anime at any moment. I mean,
1: they... <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that one up because I think. I haven't laughed at anything harder this entire year than the the bun control episode. It's
0: my favorite. Yeah, there's uh, so much in there. I like
1: like I was already like in the stitches just at this idea, this ridiculous <laughs> caricature of this guy. And again, like the thinly veiled gun allegory, obviously, which again, yes. more more pissing off the the right wing people. Hilarious stuff. They're they're <laughs> upset, <right? laughs> but just like, using the multiplicity of rabbits as, as your gun allegory was already ridiculous and hilarious. And again, over the top, uh, you know, eccentricity. And then in order to fight the guy, it turns into a full on anime. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the funniest thing the show's ever done. And it's it's...
1: And it's so extreme. Like I, I was literally <laughs> just like aghast at what was happening <laughs> because like this, this extreme and the ridiculousness of it. Like, like he, he turns two rabbits into like, Jetpacks at one point to rush at, at yakko as they collide in like a dragon ball z style like you know explosion of energy
0: <laughs> you're right i'm pressuring kevin to put this on our animation list for the year or our tv list because this this is the most fun i've had with the tv show oh, I mean, that's it, just so funny
1: it has and again like just this good joke and, I, and but even my, like funnier at the end it might be like where where they're you know, and again, they're they're self winking, obviously, all the time, yeah. and like at the end, they're like, you know, all right, no more thinly veiled, you know, allegories for for us now, and <laughs> right. and, and that was a Wacko, you know, like they're like this was, you know, Wacko says it was an allegory. What, what were they for, like shoes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yes, because America has a high capacity shoe problem, <laughs> <laughs> shoe violence problem.
0: It's the perfect way to address our issues: is to make. Them into a ridiculous circus more than they already are, which is really hard. But oh I, yeah, I think, and
1: that's that's something we've been saying for a long time: is that yeah. we we haven't been able to properly like, hum, you know, like humiliate or you know yeah. make fun of, satirize the politics of today because it's just so fucking
0: ridiculous. You know, I mean, to, why satire died is because yeah, the reality is way too distinct and hard to talk. It's just it's
1: it's really hard to outdo it because you can't believe what's happening. So brazenly in front of you as it is, but in, somehow I've i found that in, in Animaniacs they managed to tackle it in a way because they they're doing it from and, and again like the I think the best part of the show is that all of these jokes aren't like infecting your kids' mind. Like no. if you showed Ezra this bun control episode, she would have no idea what it is. Like, you know, Barres- She'd
0: still pick up her gun and go to school. I mean, <laughs> she brought her AK with her. It didn't Animaniacs didn't change anything.
1: But yeah, with, still an American. Without the cultural context, it's not that, you know, it's, it's not going to have that great impact on it. Like, there's the whole song in the first episode where they kind of go over all of the election craziness. And, <laughs> yes. Like, just talking about the hanging Chads and, you know, yeah. Al Gore and stuff. Like, that, uh, the music part is just gonna it, it'll appeal to kids on its own and for us adults that's like hilarious to see them kind of touch on and that's another like insane thing just to think about in 22 years the crazy shit that's happened in politics like oh the, God, the yeah. fact that in the original Animaniacs it was like making fun of Bill Clinton was <laughs> like, like playing Bill Clinton as a total doofus Was the the most like biting thing you could do? He was a pretty
0: harmless doofus in those shows. He was just a dummy playing sax and
1: yeah. It was a ridiculous thing. He was the first baby boomer president, and it was it was kind of a novelty at that time. But then you immediately had George Bush in the two thousand election fiasco. After that, like, and and they had just been done for like two years at that point. Like, can you imagine (laughs) if they if they were able to like like a whole era of animaniacs riffing on George Bush? I think that would have been fascinating as well
0: (laughs) glad we didn't get obama maybe but (laughs) i'm glad we're here
1: (laughs) but but and and the other thing is that they don't go ham on like making fun of trump i think they only like bring him up a couple times which is good because like doing any more i think again it's either you're taking pot shots or it's just kind of too hard to to deal with but it's it's funny what they do do with him and again it's great that a
0: cartoon doesn't skirt around it too there's so many that have like oh that's like a metaphor for trump just to say Trump and, and have him be like a clown robot, like you say, I mean, like, uh, just like a baby robot. It, I mean, there's there's something so funny and just like representing him as he is, as a, a complete dumbass. Uh, I think that's so satisfying.
1: Right. And and something that is relevant to to our culture of today, it makes it more humorous, I think, than, than just kind of like entirely singular in and of itself. Uh, you know, you can argue that maybe it won't age well, kind of like some of the jokes in like the in the nineties cartoons. But you know, at the same time it I I think it will, especially for us who like have that that context. Going back, I still find plenty of enjoyment. Uh and and let's see how we
0: keep evaluating Trump. We we might this might age pretty well.
1: Yeah, well we'll be interested to see. Again, like I said, it 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 doesn't it's never too specific, but uh Mm. I would say there's more election jokes than there are about (laughs) Trump yeah. specifically. That's and true. and that's I think probably way more relevant and will probably be a long-lasting issue we'll talk about in <laughs> the, There's the always election stare.
0: problems. <laughs> um, yeah. I I feel that what the show does, I think bringing it to widescreen stylistically, they even like play into that and uh, just having that more space, finally a show that uses all its sides. I feel like a, I feel like a watch has only still used the center of the frame despite being widescreen. Uh, this one is worth watching on a widescreen tv of course and seeing like what they what they fill it with i mean there's so much going on in the show and it's so colorful so vividly drawn um the animation's wonderful it does it does all the things animation allows you to do it reminds you that this is the most freeing style of film like it, it is technically the most cinematic style of film i mean you can do anything in animation
1: yeah um I know for for me at first it did take a second to kind of adjust to the new more modern Cal Arts kind of style animation because
0: you've been watching only movies from the '40s for the last fifteen years <laughs> and and cartoons
1: specifically from the '90s like there there's definitely more depth and shading in the the kind of '90s style the hand drawn yeah that is a little missed but they still have it here more than I would argue a lot of other kind of contemporary newer cartoons they that's, they still try and maintain that's... that style.
0: That's like my aesthetic style too. I like, I like cell shading and a lot of like heavy lines and uh, deep colors. Uh,
1: but yeah, this is, it, I love the, the vibrancy of this new one. There's definitely a, a lot more vivid palette that they're, they're working with here and it's uh, a lot of fun and, and really just great to take in. And I think they do use depth very well uh, in terms of like the frame and such. Uh, but just above all, like the writing is, has got to be the biggest highlight. Uh And I'm impressed that they managed to maintain the same energy style voice of the original series with none of the original writers as far as I know.
0: That's really impressive. I didn't know that none of them were involved.
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think it's a whole new generation of uh, writers. I don't recognize anyone from the the original team here.
0: I think maybe that's good in a way to get away from that voice and to have someone who uh, doesn't try to do the same thing exactly, but can... um, leverage that for something new maybe you need new writers
1: i agree no and and again you can see how because of how well they relate to the the cultures of today and discuss it yeah. i think you know and and again animaniacs and pinky the brain were perfect for bringing here because they were always so culturally tapped in and so just applying their same style of comedy to new era like it was something you you always kind of wanted but never knew if it, like you never thought it would come to fruition and work but it's great to see these these <laughs> characters that i love in their style of comedy joking about like the political sphere of today and stuff <laughs> like the, only, I don't, the only, only like sorry go ahead i was gonna say just even like funny things like you know uh just seeing like the caricatures of people you recognize in the real world kind of like they did yeah. as well in the 90s like there are episodes where they have obvious caricatures of rachel maddow and tuckle carlson as newscasters and it's just it's it's funny to see our again our, our our politics parodied like that in a way that makes me feel like I I can live in a world and laugh at it again.
0: <laughs> they sure deserve it, and I think yeah. we're more willing to laugh after the election too. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's time to return to satire and it, and it had, to have that laughter back.
1: It couldn't have came out at a better time. Like coming out like a month earlier, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much just because yeah. I wasn't ready to to laugh at some of these things yet. No. But de- definitely like uh, the election interference jokes feel a little bit like, like all right to laugh at because we yeah. weren't, you know,
0: <laughs> we weren't interfered with to that extent. I mean, yeah,
1: like that, that it disrupted uh, yeah. democracy wholeheartedly again. Uh, I was, but yeah, it, it's, it's just such a wonderful reboot i'm excited to more i'm telling everyone i know to watch it so that they can get as high ratings as possible and we can get more and more
0: seasons <laughs> and i, I really i love it i'm glad that we did like a whole episode around it i think the the one thing i want to say is pinky and the brain are two of my favorite cartoon characters I, uh,
1: yeah, absolutely i agree with you and i they're even more than the animaniacs i would say pinky and the brain are oh my i prefer them yeah. the, the original idea here was that we were going to talk about the original Pinky in the Brain, but uh, we got our times mixed up, so we decided to, to talk about the show now that it's out in full. But yeah. I did, I did bring my my Pinky in oh. the Brain <laughs> Funkos with me here because I I enjoy them so much; they're funny, and of course, like it's probably the most it's probably the most predictable thing in the world that I'm a huge fan of the Orson Welles caricature mouse yes. series. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's much a surprise, but uh, you know, the, <laughs> the dynamic between them is so great. The voice acting work of Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson is just uh, h- hilarious to me. They've got such a great dynamic. And again, like, despite how how formulaic it is to, to the point, like, you know, every plot is essentially the same with a different coat of paint. It just works because the the, the comedy is great. I don't care how many times Brain uh, Bane bashes Pinky on the head and he screams Narf out loud. It's always hilarious
0: i think my favorite poster i had up as a kid was pinky and the brain and their ridiculous robotic costumes and it was just like like a big animation cell just like blown up in my room uh and my dad said last week he found that poster just apropos of nothing he texted me he's like i found your pinky and the brain poster so i might try to go steal that from him
1: you definitely should and uh hang it up you can take down that replace uh, her yeah, that painting you got back there, put up the pinky in the brain poster. Just cut out
0: the apple in the hand and have <laughs> the big robot brain holding the apple.
1: But no, they're and, and they're back and, and better than ever here as well. Their dynamic. The the first episode with them again is another great <laughs> one seeing them tackle meme culture and such yes. <laughs> and the advent of the, the, the advancement of the internet. Uh I don't know how many of you saw. I, I laughed my ass off at the episode where they have to steal a plant from the nsa for edward snowden
0: <laughs> okay you <laughs> see that one i think
1: that one that one had me uh in stitches it was very good um but yeah it's they're they're as wonderful if not more than the the warners uh well i was a-
0: happy like when i when i saw this initial trailer i was happy to see like oh it's like the jurassic park thing and the aesthetic is right they did widescreen and then suddenly Spielberg says, and I'm bringing back Pinky and the Brain. I'm like, oh, you <laughs> yeah. did the thing. You did it. It's going to be great. And it is.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say I was more excited for that than even like the the, the Warner's return. Like that was... Oh, me too. Just, again, because like they, they just feel like such a, you know, they, they usurped the, the series for me entirely. <laughs> they were always the best parts I found and the spinoff series with, with Pinky and the Brain has been uh like again my my go-to show i think above any uh, other if i'm if i'm looking for some yeah. good entertainment like they i, just I love it too pinky in the brain.
0: <laughs> and it's great that that robot one is probably my favorite of the original series just it's so memorable and that construction of the robot suit and but every pinky in the brain i i kind of just enjoy i mean i i like those characters a lot uh relevant interesting characters for interesting times
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm just uh I can't tell you how elated I am to have Animaniacs, Pinky in the Brain, and everything back. Uh and it was way better okay. than I, I think it, I could have expected it to be. Uh it's it's my favorite thing this year, I think.
0: <laughs> so you have to bring back one more animation, I'm sorry to say. What do you do?
1: I mean you put me on the spot here but <laughs> <laughs> the, another one from the 90s that I didn't mention earlier that I really liked was the continuation of the Batman series uh, Batman Beyond which you know they they just catapulted 50 years in the future with all their kind of interesting future tech and stuff and I'd be interested to see how that works in a modern sense as well. There were talks for a while about like a live action movie of it which would have been interesting but I don't know i I love that series all, just about as much as the original run so i think uh, a revival of that would also be pretty cool with all its 90s future tech uh ideas
0: i'm sorry the the right answer is none of them
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well if, you, if you had to pick one to resurrect from the grave
0: <laughs> mighty ducks i guess
1: <laughs> you know what i would watch that I would, yeah. I would watch that i remember the animated movie of that at least uh and there's
0: a there's no disney ownership of the team so i wonder if someone else could do mighty ducks now and just go all out and really do the thing uh gargoyles uh if Ah, if someone could do that justice yeah
1: i don't know it would be interesting to see as long as keith david is still voicing goliath uh it's a requirement (laughs) i'd be down for that but it would be interesting to see how that would work i by the way i do recommend going back and rewatching gargoyles it holds up really well yeah uh, maybe that'll be the next one we talk
0: about here. <laughs> yeah, we should do Gargoyles. That would be a great podcast, too.
1: Yeah, this is now officially a 90s nostalgia cartoon podcast. Uh, this is a whole will we'll be talking about for the foreseeable future.
0: Until then, find us at uh your website for grandmothers. Hopefully we'll have a more formal outro soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna re- revamp things. Uh, a reboot of our own for the series after uh, the next one. I believe we're we're taking a one-week hiatus uh, to to gain some more f- content to discuss before we go into our 100th episode. It'll be a special one.
0: Yeah, so enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll take a little holiday break and be back with you in a couple weeks.
1: All right. Thanks again for meeting with me, Calvin, and talking about my favorite thing
0: this year. <laughs> I wonder what uh, Thanksgiving music I could put at the end here.
1: <laughs> oh, there's got to be some kind of turkey song or something. There's, be... there's
0: got to be something we mentioned within this animation show that could be funny to end with. So. <laughs> One of these shows has a great theme, and I'm going to find it.
1: All right. Good night, everybody. There was a guy named Joe from Kokomo playing that piano rag. He banged the keys with his head in his knees playing that piano rag.
0: He twiddled with his toes, and he diddled with his nose Playing that piano, rag. And when the day was done, he had some fun Playing that piano, right? <laughs> he was playing that piano,